Facebook and YouTube. If you're joining us online, thank you for being a part of our services today. Everybody else, in fact, everybody online as well, would you turn to Mark chapter 6? If you have your Bibles, you have your phone or tablet, you can find the Bible app. Mark chapter 6. If you're new to Grace, we're going to put a lot of these scriptures that I share this morning on the screen so you can follow along there as well. Of course, we always encourage people to bring their Bibles to the house of God or at least be able to find it on the phone. Mark chapter 6, we're going to continue a series uh, that we started a couple weeks ago called The God Who Provides. The God Who Provides. God is a provider. And I hope this series has kind of encouraged you and lifted up your faith a little bit, and just so that you know that God can do anything. God is able to do anything. And so he's the God who, the God who provides. In Genesis chapter 22, we started with, and it was an incredible test that God gave to Abraham. And this test was this. He said to Abraham in Genesis 22, he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to sacrifice him as an offering. What an incredible request this is. And it was also, it's very unusual. And it actually goes against the nature of God. Why would God ask this of anyone? This doesn't sound like God. And so when you see something that is against God's nature in the word of God, you have to dig a little deeper. And say, okay, God, what's going on with this particular request? And so as you begin to dig a little deeper into this uh, story and the test that God gave to Abraham, you find out, first of all, when God said this, take your son, your only son, what he was actually doing is inviting us, not just Abraham, but all of us who would read the story years later, he would invite us into his world because it was God who originated from the beginning of time that Jesus was to be sacrificed, that God was going to one day take his son, his only son, and sacrifice him on the cross for us. So we find out that Isaac is actually a picture of Christ, that God wants to show us this. Isaac carried wood. Jesus carried wood, to the, carried the cross to Golgotha. Isaac was bound. Jesus was bound. Isaac was Abraham's only son. Jesus was God's only son. And so we find out that God invites us into this world. He never would have allowed the child to be harmed. You have to know that about God. And so when God said, I want to test Abraham, God never was going to allow the child to be harmed. And we see that because actually Abraham's had such incredible faith. In verse number five, it says this. He says to his servants, he said, you stay here while me and the lad go yonder. Come on now, he's from Loxahatchee. Me and the lad, <laughs> me and the lad, we're going to go yonder. And we're going to go worship. But then what? We will come back. I don't know how. I don't know if God's going to raise him from the dead. I don't know if God's going to provide another sacrifice. I just know this. The boy is a promise and the boy is going to live. Amen. So I don't know how God's going to do it. I just trust that he is going to do it. Sometimes we get so caught up in the how, right? We miss the miracle. 
We get so caught up in doubt and unbelief and this, there's just no way. How can God provide? I'm on a fixed income. How can God provide? I'm in debt. How can God provide? I mean, I've got so many bills. I mean, it just looks like we're going under. How, how, how? And we get so caught up in the how, we lose our faith and we fail to trust him. We just have to trust him. We just have to believe. We can't figure out the how. We can't worry about the how. We just believe that he's going to do it. He's just going to do it. I don't know how God does what he does. He just does it. He provides over and over again. Amen? And ultimately, he did. The Bible says in Genesis 22 that there was a ram that was caught in the thicket. And so Abraham looked up, and suddenly he saw this ram caught in the thicket, and the ram was for the sacrifice. And so when he lifted up his knife, the angel said, Abraham, don't touch the kid. Don't touch him. There's a ram there. For the sacrifice. He said, now we know that you trust God. Now we know that you believe him. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide, or as we know it, Jehovah Jireh. Right? Jehovah Jireh. One of the names of God. Jireh meaning this. It means the one who sees. And you have to know God sees. He knows what's going on at your house. Amen? He sees what's happening at your address. He knows what's going on in your business. God knows every dollar you've got in your account. He sees it all. Amen? He knows it all. He sees your needs even before you have them. So you just have to trust them. God sees. Listen, God knows what's going on. God knows my needs. Amen? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the one who sees and provides. So we said this last week. We said, number one, you could trust him as a provider because you have to know he is a provider in that he's a creator who can create something from nothing. Did you hear me now? He's a provider in that he can create something from nothing. How many of you know God didn't need anything to create the whole world? Right? He just reached into nothing and he turned on the light. Amen? And he just said, let there be light. And there was light. And now all of a sudden, the stars showed up, and the sun showed up, and the moon showed up. Come on now. And then he created the animals, and he created the fish. And, and that's just what God does. I mean, he's just a creator. And listen, when it comes to your life, you go, well, I don't know how God can do this. God can do anything. He can create something from nothing. So we have to trust him. And then I said this last week. I said, he's a creator in that he will bring things into your life you can't get any other way. Do you remember the story we talked about last week from the book of Numbers where God brought quail to the children of Israel? There were millions of people walking through the desert. They prayed for meat, my kind of people. You know, we have several vegans in the church, and I like to make fun of them. They're great friends of mine, and I love them dearly, but I just like to make fun of them. I tell them, I look, I help you out. I eat the stuff that eats your stuff. And so, so it just works out, right? It just works out, okay? But I'm a carnivore. Come on now. That's just how God created me. That's just what I like. And so, you know, but they cried out for meat. They said, hey, man, we need meat. And God sent quail. I mean, he sent quail by the millions 15 square miles of quail stacked three feet high. Oh, come on now. God was just showing off. Sometimes God likes to show off. I just believe that. I believe he was making a horse one day, 
And the angel said, God, you ought to do something special. And he just stretched the neck, and the next thing you know, we got a giraffe. I mean, I just think that's what God did. He was just making another horse, and then he said, watch this. And he just, next thing you know, we got a giraffe. See? I can do anything I want. Come on now. That's just what God does. Let me tell you, he's a provider. He's a creator, and he can bring things into your life you could get no other way. The third thing I want to talk to you about today is this. He is a provider in that he multiplies seed that we sow in faith. He's a multiplier. Right? He doesn't just add. He multiplies. God multiplies in supernatural ways. All right? I mean, that's just what he does. Years ago, I taught and I said to everybody, you ought to have a life verse. A life verse is a verse that you just go to. When things get bad, when you get some bad news, when you get that text, when you get an email, when something just blows up and you need a verse, you need a go-to verse, you need a life verse. It's the verse that you got memorized. Come on now. You know where it's at. You can quote it word for word. That's called a life verse. And then I said, I said, listen, I want you to send me a life verse. And so I had people in the church just sending me by email all sorts of verses. Somebody would send in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I mean, you know, that's a great life verse to have. Amen. I've got a buddy of mine whose life verse is Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He says it all the time. In fact, when I call and and his voicemail actually says, hi, this is so-and-so, and I'm not here, but if you leave me your name and number, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And remember, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on now. Some people wrote down Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's an incredible life for us to have. Mine is Ephesians 3.20. And if you want to steal it, you can steal it. All right? I give you permission. It says this, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think, amen, according to what? The power that works in us. Listen, God is able. The reason why that's my life verse is because I just want to remind myself over and over, no matter where I'm at, no matter what situation, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how bad it is, I want to know this. God is able to turn the thing around. Amen. He's able to do more than I could ask. That's mind-blowing. But then Paul writes this, or think, wow. More than I could ask or even think, God is able. And when it comes to our needs, you have to know this. God is able to provide for you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think. That's what he does. Amen? Philippians 4.19, we've been looking at this verse. It says this, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches where in glory. Amen? He's a provider, and he's able, and you have to trust him. Now, in Mark chapter 6, the disciples get an incredible lesson on how God provides. Watch this. Mark chapter 6, verse number 35 says this. Now, first of all, let's let's know this. Jesus is doing a Bible study. He's doing a Bible study. He had compassion on people, and he's just teaching them the word of God. So they're all strewn all over the mountain, right? And he's just teaching them 
all day long. And it says this, when the day was now far spent, this is verse 35, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away, they may go into the surrounding communities and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. That's code for, we're starving. (laughs) Right? We need to eat, get rid of them. That's what they actually are trying to say. Verse 37 says, but he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. Huh? And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? 200 denarii in today's economy is about $20,000. And so they were exaggerating, right? They were exaggerating to prove a point. Jesus, if I had a, if I had a million dollars, come on, man, we ain't got enough. There's, no, there's not even stores that stock enough food, right? We could go to Publix and buy the whole store, and it's not enough to feed as many people as we got right here. Because the Bible says there's 5,000 men. Now, you had a wife and a couple kids, and some of them had lots of kids, huh? They had a lot of time on their hands, and so they got four, five, six kids running around. You've got 20,000 people easily, easily, 20,000 minimum. And they said, where are we going to have enough food? Well, there's not a place we can go buy that much food. Even if we had the money, even if we had $20,000, we don't have enough. There's nowhere we could go. And so Jesus says this. Watch this. Here's what he says. In verse number uh, 38, he says, but he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they go over. They find some kid. They grab his food from him, right? Just take it. And when they found out, they said, we've got five loaves and two fish. Now, maybe they found more food than that, but that's all they presented to Jesus. They're still trying to get him. They're still trying to talk him in to getting everybody to go, right? Look, let's just bring them this. This is all we got. Let's just tell them this is all we got, right? Jesus, this is it. We've got five loaves, two fish. See, not enough. Let's go. Tell Tell them to go, right? And so he said this, then he commanded them, verse 39, to, he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. He gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fish he divided among them all. Watch verse 42, it says this, So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and all and of the fish, right? Now, those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. 5,000 men, 20,000, probably minimum 20,000 people. 12 disciples, and Jesus had 12 baskets left over. (laughs) God's got a sense of humor. Right? They didn't know where they were going to find food, and here they end, they end up taking a doggy bag home, a whole basket. They each got a basket. You got a basket? I got a basket. We all got baskets. Look what Jesus did to us. He's making us carry baskets home full of food. Everybody is stuffed. They can't eat any more food. See, God multiplies. He multiplies. He doesn't just add. See, five plus two equals seven. All right? 
Five plus two equals seven. Or you could say this, five loaves and two fish will feed one hungry kid. It's basically a happy meal. You've got some happy meal going on, and we got one happy meal. That's all we got, all right? That's regular math. But how many of you know there's a difference between regular math and God math? Woo, you need to know God's got a different math. He uses a different calculator. He's got different equations, amen? And when God begins to use his math, five loaves plus two fish equals 20,000 happy meals. How? Because God multiplies over and over and over again. Listen, God just shows off again. He just shows off, amen? God wants you to know, listen, I'm able to do this thing. I'm able to provide for you. I'm able to constantly provide for your needs. I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to stress. I don't want you to have anxiety. I want you to know this. I can put the miracle in your hands because the Bible says he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. And they're carrying around a basket, right? They each got a basket, and they're carrying around, and they're just reaching in. And they're going, I ain't believing this. I don't even want to look. I don't even want to look. There's more. And then there's more. And then there's more. He put the miracle in their hands when they trusted him. Come on now. They just said, okay, God, I guess we're just going to go out. Huh? And you have to know that God's math is different than our math. Because we think, listen, if I give it, I've lost it. We think if I sow it, it's gone. It's out of my life. I'll never see it again. Huh? We had a lady that years ago, there's a couple in our church. When we bought this building, they sowed a seed. And I mean, they gave a big check, a big check. It was the money they had saved up for their daughter's wedding. And God said, give it. Ooh, how many know that's tough? So they gave the money that they had set aside for their daughter's wedding, which was just in a few months. Huh? And they said, okay, God, we trust you. And they told me this story later because I went to their daughter's wedding. Right? And their daughter had an incredible wedding. It was beautiful. And I remember walking into the reception hall, and I saw the tables, and I went, wow. And that's when they told me the story. And they said, do you know, here's what God did. We gave this big check, right, that all the money we had saved up for our daughter's wedding, and we just trusted God. And would you know that God gave us all that money back and then some? And so they were able to do this incredible wedding for their daughter, not because they lost, because they gained. Come on now. Because God math works every time. It defies logic. It defies the calculator. It doesn't make sense to our natural brain. But there's something inside of us that it makes sense. It's our spirit man says, yes, I trust God. He multiplies seed that we so hallelujah how does he do it here's what it says look watch this Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this give and it gets given back to you how watch here's how first of all right you press it down now Jesus when he's telling this story this is from the Sermon on the Mount when he's telling this story he's talking to people who knew agriculture they knew about harvesting they knew about carrying stuff in baskets and he said this, when you give, right, it's going to be given to you how? It's first of all, it's a good measure. 
It's a good measure. And then we're going to press it down. Huh? It's like when my wife tells me, honey, you need to take the garbage out. I said, no, no, no. Watch this. Watch how this works. Yep. We got another week. I got another week. I, got, I just got, come on now. I just got another week. Come on, men. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Tell me I got to take the garbage out. I'll show you. Press down. Come on. So we press it down, and then what? And then you shake it. We'll push it down some more. Huh? And then it says this, and then running over. Woo, hallelujah. In other words, God says this, I will cause more and more and more an abundance, and then I'm going to press it down so that there's room for even more and more and more. He multiplies seed that we sow. This is how God operates. This is how it works. When we give, we don't lose. When we give, we gain. Listen, it's God math. It's not human math. It's God math. Hallelujah. God's able to do it. It doesn't make sense to our natural mind, but it makes sense to God. Amen? Amen. I said this weeks ago, and you have to know this, because when you give in faith, when you trust God, it gives you access to things that money can't buy. Money can't buy certain things. Do you know that when Steve Jobs passed away, he passed away from cancer. He was worth $10 billion when he passed away. If he could write a check... He would have. Listen, and, and we have compassion. I'm not, being incom- I'm not being uncompassionate in saying that. What I'm saying is this. There are certain things money can't buy. Do you hear me now? Money can't cure cancer, but guess what? God can. God can. Money can't bring your child home, but guess what? God can. You can't write a check to fix your marriage. Huh? Because when Cynthia and I, when our marriage was broken, I couldn't write a check to fix it. I couldn't really write a check anyway. <laughs> like, I had like $10 in my bank account, so <laughs> it would have bounced anyway. But you can't write a check to fix your marriage. But guess what? God can put a union back together. Amen. God can cause love to come when there's no love. God can fix what man can't fix. Listen, there are certain things money can't buy, but God's the God of the impossible. He's the God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. And we just have to trust him. Amen. He is a provider. Somebody say hallelujah. That's what he does. Amen. He provides. Amen. It's God math. It's God math every time. Now watch this in Mark chapter 6, because I want you to know, right after this miracle, they get in a boat. Right after the miracle. Mark chapter 6, and it says this in verse number 49. Listen, a storm came. They're in a boat. Jesus isn't with with them at this point, right? And it says this, and when they saw him walking on the sea, They supposed it was a ghost and cried out. They're in the boat. Jesus is not with them, but he goes walking to them on the water, on the sea. They think it's a ghost, and they're crying out in fear. And it says this in verse 50, For they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up with them into the boat, Uh, He went up into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they marveled. Watch verse 52. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. 
Here's what happens. If we can't trust him with finances, it affects every area of our life. It affects other areas of our life. If you can't trust him with this little thing called money, how can you believe him for healing? Come on now. How, how can you trust him to protect you? Huh? How can you trust him that he's going he's gonna to cause your child to come home? He can provide for things that money can't buy. How can you trust him if you can't trust him for finances? And what happened is he just performed a miracle for them. He just showed him, watch this, I'm going to multiply something. I'm going to feed 20,000 people from one meal. Now watch, I can provide for you. And they get in a boat and a storm comes and they go, we're all going to die. Because they didn't understand, he provides. He provides in every area. See, it's not just financial. I don't want you to think for one minute that this message is just about finances, just about giving, just about trying to raise something for something. I want you to know this. God provides for everything that we would ever need, every area of our life, our families, our health, our businesses, every area God cares about. God sees it and he provides because that's the kind of God that he is. And if you don't get that deep down in your spirit, If you don't understand that he can multiply, provide, it affects every area of your life. You'll walk in fear. You'll walk in unbelief. You'll walk in doubt. You'll miss out on what God has for you because you simply don't trust him. And I'm just trying to let you know you can trust him. Because let me tell you, I could bring up person after person after person. And they could tell you, we gave and God came through. Huh? God provided. I didn't know how he was going to do it. I didn't know how God was going to make it happen. I just, I just had to trust him, and we trusted God, and he provided.